Grace and peace, and uh, welcome to uh, another Your Week with St. Luke's, where we have uh, your St. Luke's pastors here, our lead pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jennifer Stiles Williams, going to get the full official thing there, uh, <laughs> and uh, Reverend Melissa Cooper here with us, and me. Uh, Plain old Jeff. Reverend Melissa Cooper. <laughs> it's the Jennifer part that throws people. I know, right? <laughs> it really has nothing to do with the titles, it's just with <laughs> Jennifer. Just Jen. I love it. <laughs> And we're here for another podcast where we're uh, we're continuing to answer the questions right uh, from uh, from Ask a Pastor Anything uh, Sunday, where we had so many questions, but we wanted to use uh, this platform to help have, have conversation uh, about them. And and today we're going to be uh, diving into some more of those Bible and theology questions from from last week. And um, yeah, uh, so let's we're going to start with the how are we all doing this today? By the way, first doing good, doing great, yeah. doing great. Good. Uh, we, we always want to start with a, a personal uh, question. And um, so uh, th- this one was really, I was moved when I heard it in worship. Um, but how can the congregation support you? How can the congregation support support you? I just loved the, the heart of that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it speaks a lot to the heart of St. Luke's. Yeah. That that question feels pretty supportive. <laughs> the fact that someone yeah, right, asked it right? is is right. pretty meaningful to I think all of us. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know we we talked about some of this in in one of the services um, too, but um, showing up and not necessarily showing up to every event, but showing up. Um, ready to 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 do the work and wanting to be in partnership with us, um, that is probably the most exciting um, opportunity that we get. I mean, that's what we're here for: is to to partner with people in doing the work of the kingdom um, wherever you are. And some of that is through ministries that happen on property at St. Luke's. So when you show up to volunteer, we really appreciate that. And some of it is doing work of ministry in all of the other spaces you're leading your life in. Um, right. When we hear about how you have taken something that has has uh, been been instilled in you through your experience here or your experience with God, and you tell us this is this is how it changed how I do my work and how I work with employees and how I you know work with my boss or whatever it might be, or how I parent my kids or any of that means the world because it it helps us. Um, not feel like we're talking into a vacuum and not, not feel like, um, you know, we're, we're not making those connections. So hearing those stories means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of what I said uh, on Ask a Pastor Sunday and, and to add, just so then just to add on to that um, when not only you show up, but you, you, you got it. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of weeks ago um, after the nine 30 service, um, a St. Luker walked up to me, introduced me to a first time guest and their family. And they proceeded after we met to take them on a tour of the campus. It's not their responsibility. It's not, you know, but they just knew like, this is a, this is a family who's here for the first time. I want to introduce them to some people and show them around so that they know where their, their kids are safe. They know what our values are, you know, and just, and, you know, uh, it was Mike Allman, you know, it's just that spirit of, Hey, it's your first time here. Let me just show you around. I just, when you live into that DNA we preached about in, in, in January and February, like that, oof, 
lessons. See, I would I would argue with you. It is their responsibility. But well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you know, it you is it, because right? I, that's that's you can help support me by being the church, yeah. which is I take ownership that this is this is our it's Jesus's church, and that we are stewards of Jesus's church and it's our responsibility and i i just i want people to embrace learning god's story for themselves living it with one another so that they hear different perspectives from a dei standpoint of understanding the kingdom and the gospel story from each other's perspectives with empathy uh, in has said loving god in worship and making worship a part of your dna priority so that you can go and lead your life speaking it aloud, like living it, living the gospel aloud, living, living St. Luke's values out loud. And when people come to you and have questions about why St. Luke's is this way or that way, you can answer it. Yeah. And, and because you have ownership of not just your personal faith, but you, you have ownership of the work of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's huge. Because you all are the public theologians, not us. That's right. Somebody should do their doctoral work on that. I know. What's <laughs> that about? Is that where the DR doctor. comes from there, Jen? <laughs> doctor part, yeah. Awesome. Well, so um, then into these these questions. Um, and the first is, is, what is the best book in the Bible for a non-believer? What's the best? What best if you had a non-believer who approached you and said, hey, I, I'm going to read the Bible. What, where should I start? Right. What do y'all think? Um, the gospel of Luke for me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're at St. Like as a St. Luker to be able to say this, it really, this understanding of Jesus's story really explains who we are as a church. So if you want to understand the, the story, but you also want to understand why we are who we are as a church, that's me. What about y'all? Yeah, I, I wish I had a more diverse answer, but I, I would always start with the Gospel of Luke, um, or at least a gospel, probably one of the, the synoptics, the Matthew, Mark, or Luke, because um, it's story. People love story, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it tells you about the center of, centerpiece of our faith, which is Jesus, and so um, I, I think there's a lot of people out there who are claiming to speak for Jesus, and so if we want people to understand who Jesus is, um, yeah. Let's let's in, let's invite them to actually read Jesus in Scripture, um, and and the words attributed to him in Scripture, and the stories and and that have been collected that that people over centuries have said these are these are the stories that people need to hear, mm-hmm. um, and so I think um, there's a there's a great um, book oh my gosh by uh, Marcus Borg called Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time yeah um, and and it's it's a great example of it's it's really just laying out here are the actual stories in scripture um and letting people engage with that for for themselves so I I would start start them with Jesus somewhere in those first three gospels and it speaks to our namesake right and the the the, the core of our culture and, and who we're supposed to be i so to, to be a little more diverse i think luke is is one of my favorite books of the bible it's in my top 66 um would be uh <laughs> sorry bad dad jokes uh, philippians <laughs> philippians um you know it's it's uh it's a love it's in many ways a love letter um right and uh it can be a little bit easier to read 
you know, Paul's in prison. He talks about prison and all that, but, but um, you really hear the heart uh, of, of a Christian trying to live into Christianity, speaking to a group of people trying to live into the teachings of Jesus. Um, and it's short and it's kind of a, if I think of a zero entry pool kind of experience um, um, along with one of the gospels, I think, I think um, Philippians is a good, good kind of starting point for somebody. Um, so it's interesting because I, as we were talking, I'm like, I look, okay, Luke, yes, Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. Right. Like Matthew's Sermon on the Mount better. But also then I probably would follow it up with Genesis. Because yeah. Genesis, I think I would follow it up with Genesis, especially when you think about psychology, history, sociology. Like Genesis just makes you realize, oh, yeah, like we've been this way all along. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> this is yeah. about people. Like, like <laughs> as, as bad as we and crazy as we think we are in the world <laughs> today and in our culture today, if you read Gen, if you actually literally read Genesis, <laughs> right, you go, oh, we've been doing this from the very beginning, right? But God's people have been struggling with human relationships and our relationship with the divine all along, right? And family. <laughs> I was going to say right. family dynamics, right. Yeah. Disciple always asks the main three questions, right? The disciple Bible study, you know, what does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about humans? What does this tell us about the relationship between God and humans? I mean, like when you read Genesis, you just go, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It tells us about ourselves. It tells us about ourselves and God. It tells us about each other and how we relate. I mean, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know? It tells us, it tells us like you always say, Melissa, I love this. You know, the first two, from the first two chapters, it sets up how you're supposed to understand reading the Bible because there's two different stories and they're two different stories from, from one, you know, one might be a Jewish understanding of him and, and, and worship. And the other is, is a a creation story out of, out of another culture, you know, that they take and appropriate as as god story and so i just from the very beginning it sets you up going oh i got i need to read this with like a lot of myself so yeah. and yeah. there's something going on here so i think that's that's helpful too because yeah. i wouldn't just tell um uh a non-believer oh just just read philippians or just read genesis i would, yeah, I right. would give some of that framework right ask these questions of it remember this is ancient literature um, literally read it. Don't read it literally. Uh, right. right. Um, and, and if you got questions when you read it, good, you mm-hmm. should. Um, right. so what, what I would not recommend is starting with Genesis and then just keep going. It gets, no. it gets rough. No. It gets rough. Yeah, then I think I'd skip to, then I'd skip to me. I would skip to Ruth. Cause I mm-hmm. think again, Ruth is this really, or, or Esther, Job stories, you know, but again, those are like, just, these are my people, <laughs> right? This is yeah. humanity. Yeah. So y'all know about the, the, the machete cut in star Wars. It's, it's like what we're talking about. So if you have somebody, we no, got really seen, quiet, Chad, <laughs> just dork out for a second. It, it's if, if you have somebody who's never seen any of the star Wars movies, uh, how yeah. would you um, introduce them to um, without spoiling and and telling the story in more of a story framework. And there's there's a way of beginning. It's called the machete uh, way. And you would you would start with uh, 
three and four and then go back to two. We don't need one. So I hear that this is this is the gen cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. The gen cut. Yeah. Start with Luke, then yeah. go to Genesis. Uh-huh. Get a Ruth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Get the machete cut in Star Wars. We get the. Gen- I would come back to act somewhere in there. Like, I, I, that's what I would say. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. you stole it from me. Early like, in totally that. Go to acts. Yeah. Because so. because you can't understand acts and the group communal stuff until you understand the personal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, I and acts. I think all of the letters that you get in the New Testament make more sense if you've read Acts too. Correct. Um, right. So, yeah. We, we, we could do a whole podcast on the order in which we we think everyone should read the Bible. I was like, What's maybe this is our next year's theme for worship. We should yeah. just like, yeah, do a reading, reading, awesome. reading. What's it? What are they called? Reading. What is it called? <laughs> yeah, like you everyday reading, whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Move on. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think that it is an interesting conversation, right? Where to begin and how, and how to begin, right? How to how to read and engage with scripture. Um, okay, Lou Beasley, that was for you. So yeah, man. for Lou listens to this. There you go. Get the, get the gen cut. That was good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So how, the next question is, how as a Christian do we speak to those who condemn the LGBTQ community? And with that question was, do, do we accept their, and this, the author of the question, do we accept their ignorance? Um, so, you know, how do we as Christians, how do we speak to those who condemn the LGBTQ community? It, um, it's, I'll just go ahead and ju- it's, it's related to the next question too. So I think there's, yeah. there's some connection of, um, yeah. the, other, the other question that we kind of paired with it is if someone is wrong about theology, again, someone else's, um, uh, phrase, um, do you correct them or let it go? And, I'm just going to say, I get these people. Like I get you if you were the one that wrote this question, Um, because I am someone who naturally, I will say, um, I hope you haven't experienced this from me um, interpersonally, but it is really nice to be able to lay out for someone else. Here, here are the 10 points why you're mistaken about something Mm -hmm. and to really just drive home with facts and data. And, and, and it makes me feel good about myself in the moment to be able to, to, to respond to someone. And I, I, sometimes I get in my head that if I just, if I can just say enough, people will come along with what I'm saying. So like, Uh I just want to say, as we answer these, I get it. And there is a deep down sort of natural instinct part of me that is, is, would love to just say, yeah, correct them, tell them what for here's like eight scriptures that can, you know, respond to whatever theological concept, whether it's, um, the condemnation of the LGBTQ community. Um, yeah, I, I don't like accepting ignorance, um, and I don't like letting it go. So that was me being vulnerable naming my sin and naming the challenges within me that right i I want to fight them (laughs) right well and 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 there's sensitivity which is why we said this is kind of how it was written to Mm -hmm. to that 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 um that i I think that christians who condemn the lgbtq community uh i wouldn't call it ignorance i would i would call it a, a you know uh uh, uh, not as as thoughtful and grace grace filled approach, yeah. um, and 
because I want to build bridges. I want to help help people um, understand um, the grace and love of Jesus in transformative ways, and 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 give them space to do that. And for for me to call them, you know, I saw I know what the author of the the next, yep. but to call them ignorant would would build walls in between us and not create opportunities. Uh, and the same thing with the language of of wrong about theology. You know, um, um, they have a different perspective on theology, but. I, I could share my perspective. So I just, the sensitivity to that language, I think is, is important and how as Christians, we speak to people who are Christians and think differently than us um, to, to begin with grace mm-hmm. as Wesleyans, and not only just as Christians, but as Christians who are in the Wesleyan tradition that we can begin with grace and love and allow that to lead us. Um, that, that opens more doors, right? Yeah. And Parker Palmer gives us the question of turning to wonder. So that, that is all of the, all of what you just heard from me, that is what I try to replace it with. Absolutely. Is, is to turn to wonder because whatever whatever belief someone has or understanding about whether it's scripture or the world or theology of any kind was given to them from, from a source. They, they right. un, It's unlikely they you know, just thought it themselves. It, it has been taught in some way. They have been um, in a place and space and often in churches, um, which are places that are really meaningful to people and 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 are places where um, often the church is the first place you find love and acceptance. Um, and 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 to 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 be able to um, extricate kind of what's going on in this conversation, but also to recognize that there is there is a there is a history here. There is um, there are other voices in this conversation that aren't in that conversation. There are voices in in ears that um, they may not even realize where they came from. So turning to wonder is um, always my attempt at being my first. Um, first inclination that grace and love Jad is talking about. So and the turn to wonder is, 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 is what leads me to having empathy Yeah. to, to wondering what it's been like to walk in, in their, their skin and their space and where that comes from and not to condemn them, but to be a open and healing uh, presence. Um, so, yeah. Well, and yeah, I agree with all of that. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's ignorance. I think it's just, we read scripture differently mm-hmm. and there's a whole history as to why we read scripture differently. Um, it has to do with, you know, family and, and mentors and yeah, all those different things. And so there's a, but even when we read scripture differently, Scripture does very clearly talk about the fact that there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ, period, literally or historically, contextually, however you want to read this, like if you literally read the Bible, and even if you read the Bible literally, it is very clear that we are not judged. It is very clear that all have fallen short, all have sinned and fallen short of the grace of Jesus Christ, you know? All, all of us are supposed to live without condemning anyone, which means in our conversation, we don't condemn those who believe different and in our, and, and that again, if you believe the stories of Romans and, you know, understand what Paul was trying to write about Jesus and understand Jesus's words himself, um, like, don't, 
don't don't notice the log in someone else's eye or the speck in someone else's eye when you have a log in your own like there's a great there's a great anyone Period. Yeah, there's a great meme that's been going around that quotes John 3.17, which a lot of people stop right. at 3.16. Right. says, Jesus didn't come to judge the world. And I love the 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 thing that's been going around of, yeah. um, if Jesus didn't come to judge the world, I doubt he sent you. Right. Um, and so... <laughs> And so that, that just sort of rings in the back of my head too, to sort of, you know, step back and, and realize yeah. there are directives in scripture about how we approach these kinds of, right. of moments. But then also it goes back to how do you, you know, how do you, how do we support you? <laughs> that first question that Jad asked, mm-hmm. learn scripture, yep. do the exegetical work listen, you know, read books like Unclobber, listen to Pastor Bill's six sermons on the six clobber passages, like understand it. If you don't understand them and don't understand the the etymology of the words, the etymology of the culture and sociological context, then ask us so that you yourselves are prepared. You know, I mean, scripture and Paul, he talks about having a defense, you know, being able to defend why you believe what you believe in Jesus Christ, which means why you understand the scripture to be different in its reading and context for you in your experience, reason, and tradition for you than it is for someone else so that you can have not a judgmental conversation, but an open conversation that says, well, this is my understanding from my reading and my work, because that's when you do, you're doing public theology and you're not leaving it to pastors or churches or denominations, but you are meeting people and living out the gospel story with one another. Yeah. Cause chances are the reason that you have this inclination is there something inside of you that has had a life experience that, that tells you that it is, that this, this doesn't, these don't match up. Um, you know, for the, the LGBTQ, um, conversation, it's probably because, you know, someone who is uh, gay or you are, and you know that about yourself and, and, and to be able to bring that together, um, whether you should have to defend that or not, um, but to be able to name very specifically, um, here, here is what, here's what I believe and here's why I believe it. And to marry personal experience and scripture, um, you know, it, it's, it's part of our Wesleyan tradition to bring scripture, tradition, reason, and experience all together. Um, and so, so it's being able to, what we, we talk about in the faith DNA class, um, uh, the concept of testimony, which we, we address, that's a, that's a triggering word for some people because of how it's been used in the past, but it just means talking about how God, how you understand God and how God has worked in your life. Um, and so it would be, it would be the difference between offering testimony, um, and, and offering a condemnation. And so being able just to speak your truth, um, but truth that's backed up because you've done the work too, you've done your own work of faith, um, in understanding scripture, um, and doing that work. And we're here to help you with that. (laughs) Right. 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 And there's fantastic resources, you know, that we can making sense of the Bible by Adam Hamilton, unclobber passages by Colby Martin torn, you know, there's just so much good, rich information out there that will help you feel like you're on equal footing and be able to talk about it. Yep. Yep. And, and to the, you know, uh, correcting them or let it go. I think of James one, yeah, um, 19, mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. you know this, my dear sisters and brothers, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. It's because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. That, that um, that's that listening and getting perspective and understanding where that person, um, where they're beginning from, and that you're beginning from a different place, and how you can um, move towards that. So, right, because the because Scripture talks more about your behavior with the community mm-hmm. and it being unifying more than judgmental and. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a humility that's called for, like in Philippians, and that's the Romans, um, you know, J.B. Phillips translation, Ray Gass got me onto that um, Romans 12 translation where, where it says, let's have no imitation Christian love. Let's just, let's just stop making fake Christian love for one another, but let us have a genuine break with evil and a real devotion to good, like so good. Let your love be real, which means you stay in the conversation. That's great. What's the next question? Next question. Next question. Um, so why is there so much inequity and unfairness in the world, such as homelessness, uh, war, ignorance, mean people, etc.? And then the next one after that is, um, is kind of related. So um, equality versus equity. Why moving towards equity? Um, so I guess first is, you know, why why is there still inequity and unfairness in the world? Uh, and then, you know. Read Genesis. I'll go back to that. Right. <laughs> Sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. <laughs> Genesis bears witness to it first. Because mm-hmm. we're humans that even when given the opportunity to be fully vulnerable literally and figuratively and spiritually naked before the Lord and walk in the coolness of the evening in full truthful relationship. Um, it's not good enough for us. And we constantly want more knowledge, more power than God and definitely than other people. And that will always, that sin of pride you know, I go big into the seven deadly sins and pride is the center of it all. Um, my good Catholic theology, um, it, it will always lead to homelessness and wars and inequality. We do. And, and at the center of all of that is the fact that God in, I'm going to say wisdom gave us free will. Correct. I was going um, to and and that is at the that is a huge part of the core of our theology as Wesleyans and Methodists is is that we believe God has given us full agency um, to to make our own decisions um, and and I I think that we all have had that moment um, where we we have realized our free will and exercised it in ways that we maybe regret later. <laughs> um, so. And yeah, with, I, I, and that we can't fix it without the power of justifying and sanctifying grace in our right. life. And the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's w- when I teach it in the introduction to the theology class about predestination and free will. Uh, I draw a spectrum of predestination and free will, and I talk about the two. And then I add a further end of the spectrum, putting ah. free will in the middle, when I talk about deism, right? The idea that God has created everything, but God is not present and God is not active in this world. Uh, but deism rejects Holy Spirit, 
just in and of right. itself, right? Yep. And so deism is full and complete human agency and no divine presence. And uh, predestination is is full and complete divine agency and, and human has none. And in the middle, free will is where we can choose, but the Holy Spirit is also, not but, the Holy Spirit is also present with us, right? And we have God's grace spurring us to be people who are ending homelessness and removing pride from our lives and putting down the weapons of war. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. And that can only happen on a regular basis when we, sanctifying grace isn't something that just works on us, right. <laughs> that we, that we discipline ourselves to live in it on a daily basis. It's, right. you know, I always say like my dad, you know, you wake up and say, dear God, and you say, amen at the end of the day. Um, and everything in between better be a prayer of sanctifying grace at work in your life in order to change the world. Right. Yeah. And God, I, God gave us free what you can screw it up. Yep. You can't, and now you can work to fix it with my power and my grace. Right. And I, and I would say that uh, sanctifying grace is, is harder to allow to work on you outside of community. Correct. Um, and so it's, it's why, it's why we come together for worship every Sunday is that we need to look at each other and realize we're all on this journey together. Um, and we want to create those spaces to, to kind of rub up against each other. Um, you know, not literally, but, um, <laughs> but, but in, in our personalities and in our preferences and to realize my free will is different than somebody else's free will. And, and to, to learn those, those life skills of what we were just talking about, how we turn to wonder and how we, you know, love and offer grace to people, even, even when we have, have come up against them in some way, shape or form for a small or large thing. So, yeah. And, and, and coming in worship and all bowing at the table recognizes that we are all equal as children of God, mm-hmm. but also being able to, when we, when we live the story with one another, recognize that we are not in equitable playing fields. Right. Right. Which leads so, to that last question. I'll, yeah. I'll show the image for the, for the, podcasters on on youtube for us right um these are three panel of people at a at a baseball game and the first is called reality and one person is standing on five or six boxes and another person is standing on one box and can see over the fence and the other person is standing in a hole um equality is everyone has the same size box which means the last person can't see over the fence equity is the last person is on two boxes that can see over the fence everyone can see over the fence but liberation justice is where there's no there's no fence so um to to it's it's not the move from um from equality to equity it's it's a move to justice right um to taking down the barriers because that's what god calls us to because if we can add to your uh, your cut jen micah uh, yeah, right. a great prophet it's a great mm-hmm. great smaller prophet book and is very clear micro six what does the lord require of you he said right to, to seek justice um so just an well, image that comes to mind it's it's interesting because equality and equity when you take that kind of uh notion too i'm wondering and i'm talking out loud so so i'm trying to see if it'll go but it's that whole like uh you teach a man to fish and they'll be able to feed themselves so that we have the equality of food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, someone has to go upstream and see why they're throwing people in, you know, that, that's a, that's a different metaphor, but, but, but teaching as Lynette has always taught us, 
teaching them then the ability to be able to fish and sell it so that they can buy the pond so that they can buy the pond and they can employ people to fish so that everyone has the equity to eat whatever they want to. Yeah. 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 And even if, if going back to that illustration, Jad, I mean, let, let's take it on the most basic level. It's something that I, I think we can all understand is um, let's say I'm giving out hundred dollar bills. <laughs> that hundred dollars means something very different depending on what my yeah. bank account looks like right now. Correct. And, and that's equality. Giving everybody a hundred dollars is equality. Right. Um, but to be able to live in a space where we, we try to achieve actual equality of experience requires the work of equity, which takes into account people's actual circumstances mm-hmm. um, and recognizes that that for many different reasons, um, some historical, some um, current systemic, um, all related to human free will, <laughs> going back to that, right. um, that we, we aren't on equal playing fields. Um, and so in order to work towards that, um, we have to do a, we have to do different work and it's harder work. Equality is much simpler. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, and it's interesting because I mean, again, that's the, honestly, I hadn't thought about this before, but if you read the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew, especially it, it is, it is the, the kind of, you know, theologians have called it the constitution, the preamble and the constitution for a new kingdom, Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God on earth. And it is, it is about equity. (laughs) I mean, so much, which it is about even, even the don'ts, even the don't Mm -hmm. divorce, those kind of things really are about bringing up and liberating women and marginalized people and the poor and things like that. And, and I think that, that in the kingdom of God, that is what Jesus was trying to get us to. Mm -hmm. You know, in Acts 2, where it says, and they held, you know, they brought everything and held everything in common for the common good. You know, it was a sense of so that everyone had what they had and nobody was in need so that then we can go and spread the kingdom of of God gospel message. Because if there's someone in need amongst us, um, we need to take care of that. And that keeps us from it, if if that makes sense. Keeps us from that was what that was what. Dr. E.B. talked to when, when she taught Luke last year with us, right, it's that right. in Luke, what we see, you, you hear this, like we've, we've taken, we've pulled down the, the rich and we've raised up the poor and, <laughs> and we hear that as being, flip. As being a, a flip. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually when you, when you bring one group down and you bring one group up, they, they're now on the same playing field. Right. So, so the gospel of Luke is talking about equity, not about equality and not even about necessarily um, a rever- a full reversal of things. Right. It's actually about leveling the playing field. Which is- Well, and removing Isaiah. the obstacles, right, right, which is, which is yeah. about liberation because yeah. it's also, you know, bringing down the rich and bringing up the poor, but also then make straight the highways, take away all obstacles between mm-hmm. the, you know, the salvation of God, which is for everyone and is liberating yeah. so that we can all walk clearly together. Right. Oh, that was why they killed Jesus. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Okay, I like that question. Who knew it was going to lead to all that? Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. Last got, question. Last question. Yeah. Last question. Uh, was it God or the Father or God the Son walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? 
So I will start because I love this question because I it's it's one of the it's one of to me the fun biblical theological questions um, when you when you wrestle with some of those stories um, uh, is is the question centers around I, I'm assuming um, the idea that when we see God walking around in the garden with Adam and Eve, um, if we assume that is in bodily form, then if Jesus God's son is the bodily manifestation of God, the father, would that in fact be Jesus in the garden of Eden? So that's where it comes from. I think it's a fascinating understanding of trying to find the Trinity in scripture, um, Mm -hmm. which it's sometimes hard to find the Trinity in scripture um, uh, and, and to be able to, to start um, doing the work of theology with scripture. Um, so I, I think it's a great question. Um, and, and so I find it really fun. Um, and I'll let Jen and Jad kind of follow it up. Cause there is a, there is a second piece to, uh, whether or not that question is, is valid. So go ahead. I mean, so, you know, we believe in the preexistence of Jesus, right? The, the John uh, one speaks about that and, and, uh, and the creeds help us understand a little bit more begotten, not made. Right. Um, uh, but so and, and answer that question, let us create. Right. Right. All right. There's the plurality right. um, in, in, in one uh, 27 or six. Um, and my answer to the question is, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that the that the story is getting at different things. So I would I love somebody's imagination in the midst of that, mm-hmm. like using your creativity. Go, oh, I wonder, and and it is okay to think of it as Jesus walking through the garden. As you know, they wouldn't understand the con- right of that, but um because like when i teach the, like the trinity, uh, i remember one of the first times I, I taught it here at St. Luke's, somebody raised their hand and said, so who do we pray to? Well, what do you mean? Like, well, you know, I grew up Pentecostal, so we like Holy Spirit, and but my wife grew up evangelical, so it was more like Jesus, 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 and and I'm like, well, uh, just as long as you're praying, that's you know, that's more important. So um, that the story is is getting at uh, other things, right? Um, but um, so. Yeah, well, and it's the fullness. I mean, you can't separate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can't separate them out. So. Right. You know, so yes, it's all of them. And yes, maybe the personhood one sees as Jesus, but also we don't take the story literally, folks. <laughs> it is it is this incredibly beautiful story that has been pulled out of other cultures um, to teach us something. And so I just don't ever want to, like I loved answering those questions are fun theological, like how do you play with the theology of the Trinity and things like that? But also, you know, um, just remember, it's a story teaching us something so and so the the big takeaway is 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 read your scripture right (laughs) read it and be creative with it but but, uh right let your spiritual imagination take hold and and let that imagination teach you something too about yourself like like who do you want it to be yeah and who do you need it to be when when you're walking in the presence because sometimes i need it to be god and sometimes i need it to be jesus (laughs) And sometimes I really would just love to play with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So. Well, with that, <laughs> right, right. 
Well, with that, thank you for joining us uh, for another episode of Your Week with St. Luke's. We hope and pray you have a blessed week, and we'll we want to see you on Sunday in worship and, and next week as we uh, drop another podcast with more questions uh, from you, uh, beloved. We'll uh, see you later. <laughs>